0: today on the lockdown Blues podcast I'm going to be covering all of the various news around the NHL starting with the Colorado Avalanche completing their sweep over the Edmonton Oilers uh, and what that means for the st. Louis Blues as so far they are the only team that has beaten Colorado in the postseason as Colorado looks poised to uh, make a real run for the Stanley Cup uh, it should be a fun series for them in that in that Stanley Cup final but also You know, it's got to mean well for the Blues, the fact that they did get two wins and almost three wins against them. So I'm going to be talking about that, plus the other series talking about Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, bringing it back to two games to one against the New York Rangers, And then I'm also going to be talking about some other various news, including uh, Bruce Cassidy getting fired by the Boston Bruins. Should be a busy episode, fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. You're locked on Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily Blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. And like I said, got a busy episode for you guys today. Not too much in terms of blues news, but lock on or on around the NHL, including a crazy uh, game four that took place last night, which saw the Colorado Avalanche advance to the Stanley Cup final. So I'm going to be talking about that. Before I get into any of that, though, I want to thank everyone out there who makes Lockdown Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. So before I get into anything, obviously my background's a little different. Audio might sound a little different. I am. Uh, at home now my family home I'm not at my college apartment anymore so that's why the jerseys aren't behind me uh, so it's gonna look a little different here for about two weeks uh, and again it might sound a little different just because the, the 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 room's a little bigger um, and obviously like I said I'm starting out with editing on my own for the first time so uh, hopefully you know it's going well so far hopefully you guys are enjoying that being said I do got a busy episode to talk about and the first thing I do want to get into is the Colorado Avalanche dominating the Edmonton Oilers uh, winning their series in four games. Edmonton never really had a chance. I mean, they, they had a back-and-forth game last night, obviously, but um, I think once Colorado kind of stormed back from that 4-2 deficit, it was pretty much set in stone what was going to happen. Um, Colorado's a dang good team. I think uh, before the, or after game one of the Blues series, I think it was, I said Colorado might go 16-2. And, two. and in, on, in all honesty, I wasn't sure if those two wins were going to come from the St. Louis Blues at that time. I figured it would come um, in the Stanley Cup Final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, obviously, I don't think the Avalanche would sweep the Lightning if that's what it turns out to be. Um, same thing with the Rangers. I think the Rangers would give them a tough time. But Colorado was really looking like the team to beat right now. It's difficult because their goaltending has been so poor. Um, you know, the, Last night's game, I feel like, is a perfect example where they scored you know, five goals or six goals. um, And it still wasn't enough to win handedly. And I think if you do that against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning or even the New York Rangers, you're not going to win as much as you would against a team like the Edmonton Oilers. Um, So it could really come down to goaltending for the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, if you match up against either um, the New York Rangers or the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're running into probably the best goaltender you've seen in the playoffs. Uh, Because I honestly think that Vazilevsky and Tshirkin were one and two uh, the entire playoffs, just in terms of best goaltenders. So it's going to be tough for Colorado in that sense, but with the way that their offense is playing, the way that their offense is humming along, um, they're going to be really tough to beat. Obviously Nazem Khadri being out with that thumb injury is going to hurt them. He provided a really good secondary scoring punch, uh, pretty much single-handedly won uh, that game against the Blues. After, you know, all that controversy went down, we saw what type of player he can be when he's like locked in like that. Uh, and he had himself a hat trick. And that, you know, like I said, really won Colorado the game. So he's a really big secondary scoring piece for the Avalanche. They're going to need guys to step up. And they did get guys to step up. You know, Lekkinen has, I think, two two straight uh, series-clinching goals. Um, he didn't have the one against the Blues, actually. So I don't, I don't remember what the statistic was. But he's been really good for them, um, scoring that game winner last night. Which, first of all, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I thought it was a high stick, in, in all honesty. Um, the shot came in. Guy knocked down the puck um, and then you know rebounded off the goalie, which you know if it if you score off the deflection, it's got to be above the crossbar. But if it's just knocking it down out of the air and then hitting it again, it's got to be above the shoulders. And in all honesty, it looked like it was above the shoulders there. um But whatever, you know, Colorado probably deserved to win that game regardless of of how they did it. um So yeah, I mean, just like that, the Colorado Avalanche sweep the Edmonton Oilers and. As of right now, the St. Louis Blues are the only team to beat the Avalanche in the playoffs, and they looked like, you know, a, a team that could hang with the Colorado Avalanche. It went to six games, but it could have very easily gone to seven, with the Blues, you know, losing in the final few seconds of Game Six, uh, really crushing way to lose. Obviously, they were getting outplayed for a majority of that game and a majority of that series, but they hung around. Um, like I said, obviously pushed it to six games, could have pushed it to seven games, uh, and. I think the sentiment is true that that series was essentially the Western Conference Final, and if the Blues somehow you know manage a way to sneak past the Avalanche, they would have a much easier time with a team like the Edmonton Oilers, which I think the Avalanche demonstrated pretty well. Um, the really only thing that allowed the Oilers a chance in that series was the goaltending um, of the Avalanche, and you know it gave them a chance in that game. You know they they took a couple different leads um, towards the end there. Maybe it was just one. Maybe it was just a five four lead that I'm thinking of, but. Still, you know, they had a chance to put them away, and Edmonton came down and tied it up. Um, so it, it, Edmonton, just like St. Louis, kind of had every chance to at least win that game. Um, so yeah, who knows what would have happened if St. Louis made it out. Obviously they didn't, so you know, hindsight is 2020, 20 But uh, it's got to feel good to be a St. Louis Blues fan after watching Colorado steamroll their way through the rest of the playoffs. Uh, that being said, though, they're going to have a tough matchup in the Stanley Cup Final, uh, depending on who they match up with, either the New York Rangers or the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm going to be talking about that. In the second segment, but before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, I'll tell you guys about the flavors all the time, but consistently, one of my favorite flavors is anything with chocolate, and I love me a nice chewy chocolate brownie. Uh, but how about this? How about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So delicious! What if I told you you can have all that chewy chocolatey goodness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, then you're in luck because caramel brownie Built Bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built caramel, caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. Best part, as with every Built product, caramel brownies are covered in 100% real chocolate. Like for real. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. There's a million reasons why you should try Built bars. But for now, let's just say caramel brownie will rock your world. And that's not an understatement. So go to built.com. Use promo code BLOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code BLOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right. So, talked about the West Series a little bit and the implications for the St. Louis Blues. Now I want to go out East, or I guess not out East because I am in the East, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning find themselves in a 2-1 hole against the new york rangers however they looked like the better team in that game three uh the rangers took a 2-0 lead at one point i think they had a 2-0 lead in the third period it might have been the second period but whatever they had a 2-0 lead in that game and then tampa kind of flipped the switch like they can do and won the game pretty handily. um Look, I, I've said this many times. I think the New York Rangers are built like a traditional Stanley Cup winning team. I think that they have the offense, the defense, and the goaltending necessary to win a cup in a lot of NHL seasons. However, when you're matched up against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, sometimes it just doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how well you play. It doesn't matter you know who you've got on your first line or who you've got in between the pipes. The Tampa Bay Lightning are just better. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the deepest team in the league. They also have some of the best high-end talent in the league. Andrei Vasilevsky, despite his shortcomings early in this series, is probably the best goaltender on the planet. Might be the best hockey player on the planet. Victor Hedman, probably the best defenseman on the planet. Um, Obviously Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos. The list goes on and on. It's just, there's only so much you can do against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, You can play your best hockey and still lose. And I don't want to say the New York Rangers played their best hockey in Game 3, but... You know, going up two zero with a chance to extend the series to three games to nothing is a really good spot to be in. And I don't even think you could say that the Rangers played themselves out of that game. I think Tampa just turned it on and did what a back to back Stanley Cup winning team can do and just willed themselves back into that game. Um, and you know, it, it's a little bit of a missed opportunity for the Rangers. Um, I think you know, taking a three nothing lead is obviously you know not 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 uh, saying anything. Super unheard of here, and saying that a three nothing lead in a in the Eastern Conference Final is a pretty pretty darn good spot to be in. But looking back, you know, heading heading um, into Game Four, two games to one, Tampa's got to be feeling pretty good, especially considering you know how they fought back in that game. Obviously, Game One of the series, Tampa was rusty; they hadn't played in like a week and a half. Uh, they lost six to two, and then Game Two, New York kind of just stole with a three two victory. Um, but then you know, Game Three. New York had every chance to win and just Tampa just did what the best team in the NHL can do and willed themselves back into a game. I say it all the time, you know, the sign of a good team is winning games that they should have lost. And New York probably did so in game two. I don't know if they should have lost game two, but they definitely stole it. Um, Tampa with the way that they were playing early and the way that New York was kind of shutting them down early should have, should have lost that game. But you know, when you're the Sanford Bay Lightning and you have the scoring depth and the goaltending that they have, it's it's pretty difficult to put that team away three games in a row. And they showed that um, with their, you know, most recent game. Uh, that being said, you know, I think, I think by the time you guys listen to this episode, they might have already played again. Let me check what time they're playing tonight. So all this could be null and void. Um, let's see. Yeah, they played tonight at eight. So maybe you guys will be hearing this a little bit earlier. But still, I mean... I think people are, dis- are sleeping on the New York Rangers a little bit. Um, I think they were at the beginning of the series. I think people were like, oh, you know, you know Tampa in four. It's, it's going to be easy. And, I mean, obviously Tampa is a really good team, and they had a ridiculous round two performance against the Florida Panthers. Um, but they did go to seven games in round one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, you know, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, and round one is very difficult for them. So I, I don't know if anyone was really doubting Tampa too much at any point in that series. But still, you know, this is a team that's proven that they have, um, they they aren't perfect, you know, that they have weaknesses and, and vulnerabilities that can be exploited uh, with a well-coached team. And the New York Rangers are are making adjustments and, and playing well. You know, obviously game one, they pounced on a, uh, a sloppy looking Tampa team. But, you know, Tampa hasn't looked sloppy like that since they got swept uh, by the Columbus Blue Jackets three years ago or whenever that was so look i mean anything is possible the new york rangers still have the advantage in the series being up two games to one but you gotta be you gotta be a little nervous if you're a rangers fan right now i feel like looking at tampa and and knowing that he had the opportunity to go up 3-0 and now all of a sudden tampa's one win away from evening this series and you know if tampa evens this series at two games apiece i wouldn't be surprised to see new york not win another game um, just cause that's how good Tampa can be. And when Tampa smells blood in the water, they're going to just put you away like that. So, I mean, I'm in, I'm, I'm anticipating a pretty good game tonight and a pretty good remainder of the series. I wouldn't be surprised to see this go seven. I think the Rangers are a better team than to, than the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of depth, in terms of just being a complete team. So with that, you know, if, if Toronto can push Tampa to seven, I think, um, New York can do the same. It's just a matter of you're going to have to get wins like you got in game two. You know, you're not going to put up six goals on Tampa again, most likely. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Um, But yeah, like I said, you're not going to put up six goals on Tampa again, most likely. They were very sloppy. They were very rusty. They hadn't played in a long time. So you're not going to kind of get a cakewalk win like that. Again, you're going to have to, you know, fight tooth and nail to get another win in this series, much less two more wins in this series. However, I think the Rangers are capable of that. I think the Rangers have a lot of depth. Um... You know, Chris Kreider's had his best year of his career by far, almost doubled his previous career high in goals. Artemi Panarin's obviously awesome. Philip Heedle is amazing. Um, Keandre Miller on defense is really, really good as well. They have a lot, a lot of depth. Um, And like I said, in any other year where they weren't matched up against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think the New York Rangers would be uh, a pretty, pretty good pick for a Stanley Cup winning team. You know, I, I, I like what they would match up against the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, the offense of Colorado is ridiculous, but... So is Tampa. And when you have a guy like Igor Shesterkin in between your pipes, um, you can steal a game pretty easily. And, you know, he's proven that he can do that in the playoffs. He's had a really, really strong playoffs uh, besides his struggles in round one. So I think New York would have a good chance against Colorado. Obviously, they have to get there first. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the series because it's nice to know that Tampa isn't perfect and they aren't going to just steamroll to the Stanley Cup final like, um, like uh, Colorado did, it would be pretty boring. I think the the New York Rangers were, what I think it was 10 minutes left in the second when they were up 2 nothing. So they were pretty close to making both series um, three games to nothing, which would have been a little boring for the conference finals. Now all of a sudden, you know, you got a competitive series. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, that being said, though, in this third and final segment, I'm going to be wrapping up some other various NHL news. Majority of it is going to be spent talking about I know it's a little weird, but the Boston Bruins and firing Bruce Cassidy because I think that's a pretty big move, um, and you know no Blues news to talk about, so I'm gonna be getting into that. Uh, make sure you stay tuned; it should be fun. All right, so the Boston Bruins kind of shocked the world, made some big headlines um, yesterday, announcing that they were dismissing Bruce Cassidy of his duties i think he had been the coach for the last six years which is one of the longer tenured coaches in the nhl uh but he had one coach of the year i think two years ago three years ago something like that um and in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinion did the best he could with that bruins roster and uh this is kind of how i'm going to tie it into the blues and say that you know growing up in massachusetts being around you know bruins fans a lot their ownership is is pretty poor um and You know, I think it just goes to highlight how nice it is to have good owners like the Blues do, Uh, you know, owners that are willing to go out and and pay out of their own pocket for Ryan O'Reilly's bonus, which is the only reason why the Blues were able to trade for Ryan O'Reilly and consistently be able to, you know, go out and spend right up to the cap and, and do what it takes to make the fans happy and put winning first over, you know, anything else. And right now, the only reason that the Bruins fired, who I think is a really, really good coach and a coach that kind of probably overachieved with the roster that they were given is because ownership was basically at a stalemate and didn't want to accept responsibility for the poor roster that was put in front of them. Um, You know, the Bruins obviously are just a few years off of a Stanley Cup appearance, as we all remember, and their roster hasn't changed for the better much since. Uh, Obviously, Taylor Hall is a great player. Um, Charlie Coyle is a good player. They've added some good pieces, but at the same time, you know, they were just put in such a difficult spot this year um, due to just the GM, uh, Don Sweeney, not putting them a good putting a good roster in front of them and Bruce Cassidy did the best he could with that roster in my opinion but still was fired you know so you know flipping the script let's say maybe not this year but I don't know let's say back in 2019 uh the Blues don't win the Stanley Cup um and the roster is good not great Craig Bruby oversees, and then Craig Bruby gets fired we'd be very frustrated as Blues fans we'd say okay Bruby had no nothing to do with what happened this season and that's sort of I think where Bruins fans are at right now where Bruce Cassidy has kind of just been the scapegoat, and that's just a sign of a bit of a toxic organization. You know, you, the scapegoat, blaming people who don't deserve to be blamed, not taking responsibility, not taking ownership, uh, and not just making the necessary changes to make yourself a better hockey team. Um, and again, that's why I want to stress, I think the Blues' ownership is one of the best in the NHL. You know, they—they, they, I said it before, they, they went out of their own pocket to trade for Ryan O'Reilly and give him his signing bonus. That trade would not have happened if the Blues weren't willing to pay Ryan O'Reilly's signing bonus. And, you know, it, it obviously it happened. Um, and it goes with the GM, too. I think Doug Armstrong is one of the better GMs in the league. He constru- consistently constructs a really, really strong roster. Um, and this year, he honestly constructed a roster that wasn't completely in line with what Craig Berube wanted uh, and Craig Berube's coaching style. And the kinks were definitely there earlier in the season. But once the offense sort of got itself figured out, um, Berube was able to kind of work with what he had. And it was a, it was a 50-50 fifty fifty. Um compromise between ownership, general management, um, and coaching. And I think that that's such an important balance to have in the NHL is to have a coach and a GM who are sort of on the same page. But, you know, obviously each one of them is going to have their own preferences. I think if it were up to Craig Berube, they probably would have gone for a little bit more of a physical two-way team. um, And if it were up to uh, Doug Armstrong, they would have even maybe leaned even more into that speed and skill game. So, but the thing the thing is, everyone was happy at the end of it. You know, obviously the Blues got knocked out in round two and that's disappointing but the way that this season went i think you absolutely have to chalk it up to a success and you know that a big part of that is because they did lose in the second round but they lost in the second round to the stanley cup uh, the western conference champion uh colorado avalanche so like you can't really be too upset about that and that compromise is some, something that's so important and right now i feel bad for bruins fans because they're not getting that compromise they're getting ownership kind of just strong-arming their way and saying nope this is what we want Uh, We need a fall guy for the way that this season went. We need someone to, you know, come in and and shake it up. And now all of a sudden they're without a coach. And I can guarantee you that the next coach that they hire will not be as good as Bruce Cassidy because um, unless it's Barry Trotz, um, there's not a coach out there that's better than Bruce Cassidy. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll look like a dummy when the Bruins are going to go on and win 60 games next year with some other head coach. But, you know, they're going to be without Bergeron. Uh, not maybe not without Bertrand, sorry, but they're gonna be without Marshan until December. They're gonna be without Charlie McAvoy till December, uh, and they're gonna be having a fresh head coach. And we we know how having a fresh head coach, you know, as Blues fans, we know that having a fresh head coach can have its have its bumps. Craig Berube didn't really find success until a few weeks into the season. And you know, the that shakeup in Boston is is just very frustrating, I feel like, for Bruins fans, because it felt like something that didn't necessarily need to happen. It felt like, if anything, uh, this core is, is getting older for the Bruins and, and they're on their way out. At least let Cassidy finish up that core because now you've got a coach coming in and in what's inevitably going to be a transition year for the Bruins trying to find some young talent to take the reins after Bergeron and Marchand eventually retire or move on from the Bruins because we don't know if Bergeron's going to come back or not. So it's got to be frustrating to to not have your ownership and your coaching on the same page and obviously that's what led to the firing, but I think... A lot of Bruins fans can agree that Bruce Cassidy did not deserve to be fired and I don't know it's a big tangent I know I just spent you know five minutes six minutes talking about the Boston Bruins but it's sort of just a highlight I think how it's easy to take it for granted when you have a really good ownership group and a really good general manager like the St. Louis Blues do because the Blues I, I would be very surprised if the Blues ever found themselves in that position where they underachieved and that was you know Bruins underachieved because of their roster construction but instead of going out and maybe even doing something as drastic as firing your GM or at least trying to reconstruct the roster first, they just immediately go and fire their head coach who had you know given them a lot of success over the last five, six years. So it's it's going to be a very interesting offseason, um, including you know coaching changes, the coaching carousel, but also just free agents and all that stuff, trades. It's going to be fun. Uh, that being said, though, that is all the time I have for you guys today. On the Lockdown Blues podcast, so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube or channel on YouTube, I should say, at Lockdown Blues. Hit the notification bell that way. Whenever I upload a new episode, you'll be the first to know. Leave a comment. Be a- interacting with lots of comments and stuff. It's I have a lot of fun doing that. It's a good way to engage with you guys and get suggestions from you guys. But also, like I said, just listen to if you're listening to me on uh, various podcast platform, that's totally fine too. Um, leave a review on there if you're feeling so kind. Um, follow us on all of uh, the channels various socials instagram twitter facebook and tiktok at locked on blues you can follow me on twitter at josh Hyman nhl thanks so much for listening and as always let's go blues